You're listening to Geeks Unleashed, a podcast that covers what's current in the world of pop culture. I'm Mark Brassington, and I'm in London. And I'm Jasmine in Texas. Hello, welcome to Geeks Unleashed. It's episode 79. Uh, as usual, I'm Mark. And I'm Jasmine. And for the whole month of December, we have decided to scrap what we were going to do before. Yeah! And we are going to honour the <laughs> Spider-Man No Way Home movie, which is... Was it going to be like 12 days away or something? It's, um, it's close. Yeah. It's very close. It's, it's honestly like, <laughs> it's been a whole year. Yes. Been- no, more than, well, it feels like longer than that. I mean, like everybody is super excited about this movie. The anticipation is insane. So I know, I know. Well, yeah, I've heard about people selling those tickets for a lot of money. Yeah. I like reselling. Anyway, so um, anyway, so we're all talking about all things Spidey. And for this episode, we're going to focus on the first trilogy well, oh actually, yeah. Uh, the first trilogy. Well, the first trilogy from but it's from Sam Raimi, so his yeah. only trilogy. <laughs> and spoiler warning. Actually, no, not a spoiler warning. This the first trilogy, it's 19 years old. Like if you have not seen it by now, then what is the matter with you? Seriously, <laughs> go watch it. Um so, but before we get started, if you are watching this on YouTube, please remember to like this video. Here's a button button like the video and subscribe to our channel we would really appreciate that hey and if you're feeling so inclined leave a comment about this episode about your love of the spider-man trilogy or your dislike of the first spider-man trilogy um and if you are just listening to this podcast then thank you as well and we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a review on apple podcasts or podchaser so it's been a while and uh, we've had a few guests and we're on our own this yeah. week and uh, as you're on our own for the rest of the month, okay. although we may, may have a episode at the end of the month, which an extravaganza of sorts. Well, we're trying, yeah, we're putting it together at the moment. Yeah. We haven't quite we got some things it. in the works. Just be patient with us. A fi- final episode of the year. So yeah. I, can't believe, I can't believe that's coming up. So. Oh man. Yeah, so uh, COVID, we won't let COVID stop us now. We, no, well, I mean, it can't stop us now. <laughs> <laughs> no, We've come too far, COVID. We're just going to keep going. Come too far. So yeah. um, have you, um, before we jump into Spider-Man, have you watched or read anything interesting? Uh, I watched Cowboy Bebop, the live action one. Oh, not watched that yet. Uh, I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people are kind of like on the fence about it. I enjoyed it. If you if you don't compare it frame by frame to the anime, um, it's just a really enjoyable series. I think there are some parts where they kind of get a little too kitschy, like they're trying to catch that anime vibe too much, and it just kind of doesn't play well in live action. But aside from a couple of those missteps, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I love John Cho. Big fan of John Cho. I even loved John Cho in Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> As, oh, as he was bad as, yeah he, well in the first season yeah oh okay um so i still never watched sleepy hollow so it's something the, I the watch. first season is so good after that it's just kind of like um i hear they killed the main girl or something like two two or three seasons later i'm like it was, never it get... was a mess they they shot themselves in the foot because the chemistry between her and ichabod crane uh was off the charts and when they started focusing more on Katrina which was Ichabod's wife it was kind of like uh this dynamic doesn't like this whole love triangle thing that you guys got going on it's not really working and they also did Orlando Jones dirty 
So anyway, the first season of Sleepy Hollow is one of the best seasons that uh, of television you could watch. After that, it's it's it is something I want to watch, but I recommend it. Uh, But yeah, but Cowboy Bebop, it was it was good. I enjoyed it. I had fun watching it. I watched it all in one sitting, um, as I am one to do. Um, I think that's pretty much the only thing. the The other thing I've been watching, there's an anime that I've been keeping up with week to week, uh, Beyond the Tri Cornered Window which uh, is sort of this supernatural anime about this guy who's like weird and has a supernatural power where he can pull ghosts out of time and space. I don't know. It's, it's super weird and kind of like existential. I have a hard time describing it, but uh, I have been enjoying watching it. So that is beyond the tri-cornered window. I don't really feel like I've watched. I know this week I kind of watched these films, and I don't yeah. think I watched much else. I didn't really much read or watch much else this week. Um, last week I did watch. Uh, I caught up on the episodes that were available of Dexter. Oh yeah, when I was over at my parents' house for Thanksgiving, my mom was watching Dexter. <laughs> oh, the, the new one. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely watch it. It's very much old style Dexter. Like yeah. he's got oh. a lot of voices in his head now, though. Like. No, 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 it's just one now. Like, at the moment, it's just one. Oh, well, okay. Like, which is his sister. Okay, so, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I don't, I mean, whether or not they pull people in and out, but at the moment, it's just his sister. It's a good way of having, is it Jennifer Carpenter, is that her name? Yeah. Uh, the actress come back. It was a way of complicating her back. They should never have killed her off. Well, in fact, they should never have had her fall in love with him and yeah. then killed her off. Um, actually, there is one thing I want to talk about that I watched. Um, I finished Fear the Walking Dead, The World Beyond. Oh yeah. So the two seasons. Did it get any better? Um, no. So (laughs) what was it? There was, but there was a couple of interesting things that happened in the last sort of five or six episodes. They introduced Jadis, who I don't know if you know. Jadis is from the main Walking Dead series, where she was like, um, was she the the trash pile people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was like the queen of the trash pile people. And she was the one who saved Rick in the helicopter. And oh, so okay. she, she radioed to save Rick. And um, she she showed up in this um, as, as almost a very different character. So, I mean, she is the same character, but she's mm-hmm. obviously had a lot of growth elsewhere. So she joined the CRM um, and she's now very high up in their military and stuff like that and running like investigations and things like that. Um, uh, and so that was quite cool. And there was a reference in the final episode about how she bought her way into the CRM by bringing mm-hmm. by bringing Rick in. They never said Rick's name, but a uh, lady said, I hear you got your way into the CRM by bringing someone with you. Yeah. Um, and then they, That's a hell of a bargaining chip, though. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so she and she said something like, and I, they said that, because yeah, I don't know if you remember when she took Rick, she radioed to say, she had an A or a B, and I can't remember which letter she said, but whatever letter she didn't say would have ended up with Rick again experimented on. So she mm-hmm. said that she deliberately said the other letter because um, she said I owed him that much. Mm-hmm. And um, so, but there's no giveaway to Rick. But there was something particularly interesting, and I would say out of all two seasons, this was the most interesting thing that happened. Was nothing to do with. That's not entirely true. I would say 90% of the people that we saw, it was nothing really to do with them. Uh-huh. So after the titles, you can go on YouTube, people have actually clipped it and put this after credit sequence on YouTube. So mm-hmm. do you remember in season one of The Walking Dead where um, 
Rick and his crew end up at the CDC and they, there's um, some scientist who kills himself. Mm-hmm. So in this um, end sequence, you see somebody backing up files and all the file names are in French. So basically this whole scene is set in France. Um, and then you see her watching a video of this scientist from the CDC, um, which like, obviously it's that guy from season one and mm-hmm. which, um, which obviously he's talking away and he's talking about um, what they did and stuff like that. And then this guy comes in behind the woman and he's speaking French. The whole scene's in French and they're talking and they're referencing where all these different teams are. Uh-huh. Like, are they, are they in Spain? <clears throat> he goes, blah, 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 whatever. And then she says something about one of the teams was in Ohio, um, which I assume is referencing that guy um, from season one. So he, he kills her. He shoots this woman because uh, he says something about her having been on the run for the last few years, whatever. He shoots and kills her. Anyway, he goes out and walks off and closes the door. And then she, you see the dead body sitting in the chair and then it gets up. And you know how in The Walking Dead, The Walking Dead zombies are, um, they're just slow and all mm-hmm. that, you know. They're not really threatening. She gets up and she runs towards the door as a zombie runs and starts smashing the door like da, 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 and that's kind of how it ends so now what, what's obviously happened is some there's obviously been some sort of mutation or whatever to the virus yikes and so now are these zombies no longer going to be kind of non-threatening slow and well, dumb now we got 28 days later zombies well yeah or well, black summers does the same thing too yeah. so um now no, I, don't, I don't know obviously speculation time like (laughs) is this just setting that up for rick's eventual movies that will come out in 10 years time or (laughs) or like or are we actually gonna see this within the main walking dead series that we'll start to see this i mean the main walking dead series i think it's only got like 10 episodes left so i don't know what's gonna happen here like it'll be interesting maybe maybe uh, that's how they'll close it out like it'll be the new dead uh, will be the mutation. So they'll be the ones that are moving fast, like through mm. the hordes of slow moving, old, old and de- decrepit zombies. Who knows? Well, yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I wonder if this is more lead up for the movie. Like, because okay. I mean, if you're going to have a movie about zombies and all they do is just sort of bob along, amble about, yeah, it's not really that. <laughs> scary um because i've always found the zombies in the walking dead to not be very scary like they kind of yeah i think it's just like their faces i hate the zombie yeah yeah so yeah they don't look nice yeah they're not they're not they're not not appealing they're not gonna be on the cover of magazines i'm not gonna take them out for dates or anything um anyway but yeah that was kind of yeah i watched that um this week as well so but um I think we should probably jump into Spider-Man. Let's get to it. Oh man. Guys, let me just tell you, like I was obsessed 
obsessed with Spider-Man when this first came out. Like this poster behind me, I had this poster on my bedroom wall. And then when I went off to college, I had that poster in my college dorm room. Like I was obsessed with Spider-Man. And like we used to have all kinds of t-shirts, me and my friends would like, there is, it was definitely that Spider-Man meme where it's like all these different Spider-Men pointing at each other. Like I was on campus one day walking to a class and I saw another girl wearing the exact same Spider-Man shirt that I was wearing. And both of us were like, oh my God, <laughs> Spider-Man was like the shit back in the day. Okay. So like, I love this trilogy. It has a special place in my heart. Uh, I love most of this trilogy, I should say. Yeah, I remember <laughs> before this film came out, I remember like um, in the comics, and I think Stan Lee put like an advert. I think it might have been signed off by Stan Lee. It was an advert in one of the Marvel comics, like or, or all the comics that they basically had signed this deal and said Spider Man will be coming back to the big screen and or coming to the big screen. And that was like probably about two, two or three years before it came out. So like they were so pleased with the announcement that you know Sony were going to put this together. So. Yeah. It was just, it was quite exciting as a comic fan to finally see something like this go to yeah. the big screen. So I feel like this one is a very, very like early precursor to the actual MCU that we have. Even though this mm. is not, you know, this is not Marvel as we know it now, but like this film was completely different from the previous hero films that had come out. Like this film was nothing like any of the Batman movies that were out at the time, you know, like this movie was so different and it was so much lighter in, ter- in terms of tone than any other superhero film that we had gotten. You know, like it wasn't heavy like Blade. It wasn't heavy like Batman. Um, it, it was just so fun. And it brought like a whole different energy to superhero films to me. Yeah, I think obviously we'll break it down as we go through, but I think that how connected the three of them were mm-hmm. as well. Um, and seeing the sort of character journeys, I think they rushed the character journey a little bit in, in the first movie. But I think, it, you know, kind of you did see the progression of these characters from mm. from the from the first scene on the bus to where the film finishes. So, yeah. or where the third film finishes. So, I think that was really cool because you can get a lot of these sort of ongoing f- film franchises. Like, I mean, I know Mission Impossible has become. <laughs> A little bit more. A li- no, I mean it's become a little bit more linked in terms of stories more recently. Yeah. But the first few were very much standalone yes. entries, and you get a lot of movies where they're ongoing franchises and they standalone. Well, a lot of the time, like pre Craig. Well, pre- I was about to say pre, pre- Craig. Um, sorry, Daniel Craig. Um, I was going to say something else. Uh, pre previous to Daniel Craig, like his films are very linked, but pre yeah. him, yeah. they were pretty much standalone films. Yeah. I know the Piers um, Bronson films slightly like had some crossover, but that was just more like they could might bring a character back, but the stories didn't really. Yeah, no, the stories um, were not connected at no. all, at yeah. all, at all, at all. By the way, Goldeneye, best Bond film, fight me. all right so spider-man trilogy the trilogy started in 2002 the studio is sony director sam raimi for all three of these first films screenwriters include david cop alvin Sargent, sam raimi ivan raimi alfred go miles mylar and michael chabon all through it's all mixed up they didn't all write on each film but those are all of the screenwriters and story story creators for this trilogy 
It stars Toby Maguire as Peter Parker, Kirsten Dunst as Mary Jane Watson, James Franco as <laughs> Harry Osborne, right? Yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Rosemary Harris was Aunt May. Alfred Molina as Doc Ock. J.K. Simmons. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is so perfect in these films. Uh, J.K. Simmons. What, what is, dang it, what is his name? J. Jonah Jameson. I'll be blank for a second. Yeah. As well. I was like, what? Elizabeth Banks is in here. I can't remember her character's name. Parker? Oh, no. Betty Brown. Betty Brown. Oh, Betty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Topher Grace, unfortunately, is Venom. <laughs> Eddie Brock. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard comes in as Gwen Stacy. Thomas Hayden Church plays Sandman. And uh, a ton, ton, ton more people are in these films, including Joe Manigello as <laughs> flash like oh flash yeah, yeah. so like dude you're 40 <laughs> you're playing a high school senior this i know is... he he's the most like i think yeah. you can get away with it with even Toby back Brian in 2002 films. it was super awkward when he came on screen for the first time i was like uh <laughs> he's bigger, he's bigger than his to... teacher yeah like you are bigger than everyone like come on dude nobody nobody would believe that you're in high school anyway he should have said no time. to that like, he should have said no look man i mean unless it's like a joey moment like from friends i mean like did he just need a role like, <laughs> at that point no one knew who he was he was yeah. like deathstroke like no or big dick richie so you know hey yeah. he's come a long way that's for sure um okay so so well, first film uh released may 2002 it's a summer feature uh in the uk it was a month late came out june 14th 2002 uh, it had a budget of only 139 million, which is quite small for a big blockbuster like this one was. Uh, it grossed 825 million, so that's a that's a really that's a pretty good turnaround uh, return on investment there. Um, second film didn't you know it's right on its heels. Uh, that one was two years later in June 2004 for us and for Mark and his kinfolk on the other side of the ocean. It was July. Uh, $200 million budget, and this one grows $789, which second one, I think I give second, the second one the edge over the first one. And then there was the one that never happened, uh, but apparently it did happen, which <laughs> came out again, summer film, May 2007. Budget. At the time, it, it is reported that this film, Spider-Man 3, had the highest production budget of any film that had come out up to 2007. It had a budget of $350 million and it grossed $895 million. So it, it yeah, definitely made its, million, yeah. Yeah, it definitely made its money back, but <laughs> $350 is high. Uh, I think $350 is still high, even like in today's standards for a big budget film. Yeah, I mean, three fifty compared to what was it? So the previous one was two hundred, two hundred, and then the one thirty-nine. One night, so it's like a jump every time. And I think obviously that jump was probably because of Venom and Sandman, like yeah. two two villains. In All of that CGI, CGI, yeah. CGI would have been absolutely nuts. Just to think if they'd have just cut one of the villains out, like a, 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 <laughs> oh no, you don't say. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the third one. Yikes. Yeah. So, um, 
Okay, so there's like three films here, but it's like a continuation, really, I much, feel. Yeah. I would say, that, like I said earlier, the character journeys are pretty much across the board. Like, I think that was something that I... I quite liked the fact that, say, with Mary Jane Watson, for instance, and Peter Parker's journey of getting their relationship together took mm-hmm. two films. Although I was really disappointed they got undone really quickly into the third one. Mm-hmm. Um, considering we spent two films getting these two together and then we undid it so quickly. <laughs> yeah. so, it um, all goes to hell real fast. But, um, yeah, so in summary of the first one, basically... It's it's this it's the film that we I think that everybody needed that we don't need now. Hence yeah. why they skipped it for Tom Holland. Yeah, it was it was the origin story. So Spider Man One uh, was the the we had all the formula characters. You know the bully and Flash and his mm-hmm. friends. Mm-hmm. We had rich boy Harry Osborn. Mm-hmm. We had girl next door Mary Jane Watson. We had obviously mm-hmm. Peter Parker, and all the mechanics are there. Very quickly we see Peter Parker is. The school nerd gets picked on. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Osborne's got a slight edge on him in terms of coolness, but he's they're they're, they're sort of grouped together. I'd love to know how those two actually became friends. Like, um, and Peter gets bitten by a spider very quickly in, and we it's a very very we, cute, very colorful spider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and um, and then he becomes Spider Man. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. um, he decides, as we all know, he wants to make some money out of it. He wants to buy a car and impress Mary Jane Watson or MJ. Uh, and he does the usual, which we all know. If you know the story of Spider Man, he lets the guy go who, when it basically the guy, when he wins the contest for the wrestling, he gets shortchanged by the manager. Somebody decides to rob the manager and he lets him go and says, Not my problem. Unfortunately, that guy kills his uncle and therefore... Poor really Uncle Ben. Poor Uncle Ben. And we get the tale or we get the the uh, the, uh, the, you know, the famous quote with uh, great power, power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. Um, anyway, so we then follow through. I think we kind of like... It feels to me like Spider-Man 1 is set over like two or three years is how it feels to me. Yeah, they, it does feel like it covers a lot of time. Because yeah. um, they jump in and out throughout that film. Like, you know, they show them at school, then they show them, live, like, you know, trying to make it in the city. They show mm-hmm. them living in apartments. And, you know, and, and even even Norman Osborn's journey with his, you know, all of his um, technology and the government and stuff like that, things like that don't happen overnight. Those things can take six months, year, you know, sorry, not six months, they can take months and years to put these kind of things together. So mm-hmm. there was a lot going on. Um, and I, but I do think they handled it quite well in terms of the jumping from different points. So Yeah, because they skip over the stuff that you don't care about. So it's like, I don't care well, about I, your high school graduation and I don't care about, you know, I don't care about all of the little day-to-day things. I'd like to have seen Peter Parker be in high school for this first movie, though. I think they could have slowed that down. Although, I don't want to criticize this movie because I actually do like all the bits that we see. I think everybody so, was too old for that to be believable for very long. Yeah, especially Flash. <laughs> especially Flash. Yeah. So, um, so, anyway, Green Goblin comes out of this yes. big confrontation. Willem Dafoe was a great villain. Great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And so then basically the movie ends with unfortunately Green Goblin's dead. <gasps> dun, dun, uh, dun. Harry is not happy about that, clearly. No, nope, because he thinks Spider-Man killed his dad. Which I think is kind of a cool 
twist well not twist but cool story, character development they do with harry so it sits and it, and you see harry's journey through two and three which i think is pretty cool um anyway so that's kind of the first one and we get in the first one though the amazing kiss sequence of spider-man being yeah, the upside, upside down. down kiss man yeah yeah i think that's a pretty cool moment and uh, then then the second film is the, the character journey of harry is followed along he's, t- he's a tortured soul he does get to find norman's uh gear towards mm-hmm. the end of the movie but him and Peter have some sort of confrontational moments throughout. Yeah, but know. like it's all uh, it's uh, the whole memory loss and I don't remember. Well, and... well, well, that was in the third one. Oh, that was in the third one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The second one, yeah. they just sort of it's confrontational, but it's not. Um, you know, they haven't fully fallen out, I guess, because he doesn't find out it's Spider-Man until the end. Is mm-hmm. it because basically Harry's so driven by? hatred or spider-man because so what happens is obviously with dr octopus he does a deal anyway so we're skipping ahead a little bit so harry's obviously trying to run norman's empire and and he's kind of him and peter are kind of although they've got this friction of who is spider-man you know they're kind of getting on um he wants to peter parker wants to meet dr octopus because he's writing a paper on him and we also kurt connors who we know eventually becomes a lizard you know, sort of, sort of says to him, you know, to go and do it. Basically, says you're intelligent, but you're lazy. Um, and <laughs> and, Harry, and Harry's like, well, I can get you into him because he's actually doing a project with me. Mm-hmm. And he's there for when it all goes wrong, and the experiment ends up killing Doctor Octopus's wife, but also ends up because he's got the octopus things on. And oh, it ends up and they get fused to his spine and and plays with his mind and stuff like that. Yeah, which there sets up the the tale of where Doctor Octopus wants stuff from harry like the technology and stuff like that because he wants to carry on doing his experiment mm-hmm. and harry says look you get me peter parker dead or alive i'll do whatever you want and that's where he brings spider-man to him and then harry's about to kill spider-man pulls off the mask and realizes it's peter parker and yeah then goes off to that confrontation that leads to dr octopus getting it oh, yeah um oh damn another one bites the dust yeah, another villain gets dust. And then so but during this whole thing as well, we've got Mary Jane Watson's story is that she's potentially getting married to JJ Jameson. And it's all cheesy, but she walks out of the wedding in the wedding dress because Peter says he won't be with her throughout the whole film. And she shows up at his apartment and it's like, look, it's my choice. And um, I did think that was quite a nice moment though, like when Spider-Man does swing off into the city and you just the the final frame of Spider-Man 2 is just her face, like in the in his apartment looking out at him. I did think that was quite a nice sort of end to that that movie. Um and then Spider-Man 3 is a <laughs> it's a wild ride. It's a wild ride. So I, there's parts I re- when I rewatched this this week, I realized that I didn't hate it as much as I used to hate it but the parts of the movie that i hated i still really hate yeah um so <laughs> that's probably the best way of putting this so spider-man 3 spider-man 3 is a nightmare of a movie that it's a mess like so i mean the characterization of peter parker is so off even before oh, he gets God. the symbiote and then when he gets the symbiote they make him even worse so yes. where you spend the the movie one and two with Peter Parker, who is a lovable nerd, a yeah. bit cheesy. He's a bit cheesy. Yeah, but... but he's not a prick. 
Yeah, and so in the third film, he starts off, like you say, as a prick, like he um, is very arrogant. <coughs> and that's even before he gets the symbiote. He, you know, there's a really cheesy scene where he's getting given the key to the city and Gwen Stacy, he tells Gwen Stacy to give him a kiss. And, and that's even before he gets the symbiote. He was basically, he'd somehow woke up and become a jerk. He basically, probably the best way to put it is the fame got to him. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so the fame gets to Peter, causes a load of disruption um, in his life before he even gets a symbiote. Then when he gets a symbiote, he creates even more havoc, upsetting Mary Jane even further than he had pre-symbiote. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, he he destroys half of Harry Osborn's face in a fight, like because he he doesn't care. He's got the symbiote, and then also like he, well, to be honest with you, he ends up upsetting Brian. Um, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard's character Gwen Stacy he uses her to make Mary Jane feel terrible and when she realises actually I did quite like this moment she when she says that was for her she actually goes back to Mary Jane and says I'm sorry like which I thought was actually quite a nice moment that the girl was kind of trying to look out for Mary Jane so um, and then it ends in this terrible confrontation at the end with Spider-Man um, Venom Wednesday, oh. uh, sorry, not Wednesday, with MJ, Harry, um, Peter Parker, it's all all going nuts. Now, I say terrible, sorry. There was parts of that conversation even I did like. I liked that Harry came back to save Peter and Mary Jane. I think I, I liked the fact that you saw this trilogy, not trilogy, this trio of characters from the very start yeah. to the end. Like I did like that part. Um, so Sam Man's journey, I think, was kind of redeemed as well mm-hmm. so and and then obviously venom gets the chop and then it ends sort of really in a sad place i think like so with mary jane and and peter kind of i wouldn't say they reconciled but they kind of like there could be a reconciliation that's kind of how i felt like, uh, they left the door open for yeah him. it yes. was very awkward but yeah so i'm kind of trying to summarize that i mean and like what you said you should have hopefully watched these films um if you haven't you should have done <laughs> yeah we in 2007 like we have no sympathy <laughs> I, I very awkwardly put that together so anyway um I know we kind of touched on our thoughts and feelings as we went a little bit there just then, but Mm -hmm. what are your overall thoughts on these films as a whole? Loved. Uh, Loved, except for three. I have not changed my mind on three. I don't ever see me changing my mind on three. Most times I even like to pretend that three never happened. Um, I I suppose that's a nice thing to think because the way two ends is that they're together and that's it. Right. Right. Like two, yeah. it could have ended with two and, and that would have been fine. And the entire story in three does not add anything to the trilogy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't carry the story forward. It do, I mean, it doesn't do much at all. So um, overall, I personally give the second film the edge uh, just because I enjoyed the dynamic in the second film a lot more. Mm-hmm. And the scene that is still one of my favorite scenes in all of superhero film is the scene on the train where Doc Ock had messed up the track and Peter Parker has to stop Mm. the train from crashing. And in so doing, his mask comes off and every New Yorker on that train is like, yo, man, you saved our lives. We ain't gonna tell nobody. Like, go ahead, put your mask back on and we'll we'll keep this a secret between the 300 of us. You know, like, I just, I love, love that scene. I know it's cheesy and I know like it's completely unrealistic, but this was a time before everybody had like 
you know, phone, smartphones, and they had their camera at the ready all the time. Like it was way before stuff like that happened. So I just thought it was a really sweet gesture, like, especially because Peter had been struggling with, you know, some people painting Spider-Man as his villain when, you know, clearly in his heart of hearts, he knew that that's not what he was trying to do. He wasn't trying to be a vigilante. He was just trying to like help, like, you know, like the, the line that he always says, you know, friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Um, and I thought that that scene was like the epitome of the, you know, image and message that Peter Parker as Spider-Man tries to get across. It's like, we're in this together. Like, I'm not going to let you guys just roll off a train and I'm hoping that you would do the same for me. So um, just to see that kind of level of trust between the hero and the citizens was just, again, it's, it's still one of my like favorite, favorite scenes. So edge goes to two. I thought two had a um, sort of not more adult, but like a heavier kind of story to it. Uh, the storytelling was a bit tighter into, um, and we had gotten rid of all of the, uh, world building character introductions that we had in the first film. So the second film had a little bit more freedom to actually tell a story. And I also thought that Dr. Octopus was a very compelling villain. Um, I liked his reasons better than I liked Green Goblin's reasons, but Willem Dafoe as like a villain, it's hard to top. So I thought Willem Dafoe was a better villain, but I thought Dr. Octopus had a better motive. I was going to say, in regards to these three films, when I was re-watching them this week, I, I, I love, love the first two, like you said. The third one, I it, it didn't, like I say, hate it as much. I remember when I watched that third film in the cinema, I remember going with a bunch of, film, a bunch of friends. Actually, Oh, I forgot to say this. Well, I re- I watched. I obviously watched all three films in the cinema, and the second film is honestly one of the funniest moments of my life. <laughs> like, so I went with about ten friends to the cinema, and um, <laughs> got a friend uh, who's a bit crazy. He well, so when we're, we're so you know all the trailers that play before the film. So I remember there was ten of us in a line on the on the aisle. And he, I was on one end and he was on the other. And so I didn't notice that he disappeared, right? Um, so anyway, suddenly everyone in the theatre, you know, you suddenly can, you can hear everyone in the theatre go quiet, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, because everyone's sort of, while they're watching the trailers, they're all chatting a little bit, this sort of chat, chat, chat while the trailers go. It's only when the film comes on, everyone kind of sh- shuts up. Well, in most cases. Anyway, so... I suddenly realised that everybody towards the front of the theatre have gone quiet. And then more and more people going quiet. <laughs> like, and then I sort, of, I sort of started to look down the stairs that were next to me. And I could see this guy dressed in a full-on Spider-Man costume. <laughs> like, sort of slowly, like, moving up the stairs. Like, and everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Uh, and it's a, it's, it was honestly like a costume like you've got in the background there, like the proper light from the movie. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, what the? Basically, like, what the shit is going on? Like, anyway, he suddenly gets up to me and then he sits next to me. And I was like, looking at this guy, like, <laughs> the fuck? Who the, yeah, I was like, who the fuck is this? And then suddenly he pulls his mask off, mask off and it's my mate who, who, who I thought was sitting down there. And I was like, 
no way like everyone and then suddenly everyone in the theater was laughing their asses off it was so <laughs> funny and then for the rest of the movie sat in it and then afterwards i remember from the theater we um i remember we went driving and um just because we had what well, we, we had to drive home anyway and um but we went driving and he um he carried on wearing the suit and people thought it was hilarious like people <laughs> were like beep, beeping us whatever but it was great it was great uh, that really added to my viewing experience for number two yeah um, yeah i'm sure but like watching number three, I remember I was so excited to watch number three. Like I words can't describe it. I was so excited. And um I when I walked out, it was, I, it was the same kind of feeling I had from like Justice League, really. Like yes. you went in there, you went in there, you went <laughs> yeah. in there wanting these heroes. Right. Like you know to, to deliver not just I mean I, I you know you want everybody I to I can deliver. promise you nobody walked into this third film expecting an emo toby Maguire to be dancing in all no. black like nobody no. there was nobody no. on the planet that was like yeah that that's what these spider-man films have been missing a dancing emo asshole yeah i mean i walked out of there i just remember like this whole lull like yeah like, we, were, we were all kind of quiet when we went out i think it was like really have we just watched that like yeah and, and you kind of like initially everyone was like oh what do you think what do you think and I, and I did probably say yeah it was good like i probably did say it because i didn't want it to be bad <laughs> and then like and then and then i kind of like spend some time reflecting and i'm like no look i can't say that it was good because yeah, it no. wasn't good like i want to say it's good because i love spider-man and i love these type of films yeah and you just hope that every time people do these type of films that they do a good film and they, yeah. and they didn't Nope. Um, so anyway, um, Spider-Man 1, I loved. Uh, I thought it was a brilliant film. Absolutely brilliant. Love Spider-Man 2. thought it was absolutely brilliant. I do think the two biggest mistakes they made in 1 and 2 is they shouldn't have killed Green Goblin and they shouldn't have killed Dr. Octopus. However, it does look like those things may be changed in, in <gasps> No Way Home. One, which we'll get to. Oh, we'll um, get to. But if you forget No Way Home, I do think that is a common mistake that a lot of superhero films make is to kill the villain off. Shouldn't always kill the villain off. Um, I'm not saying that you should turn every villain into the next Loki, but like you put could... them in the floating prison. Well, yeah, but you should have the ability to pull them back if you need to without having to say they've been resurrected. Like, mm. I understand you might need to kill some people off, like for shock value. Well, a lot of like... times, though, the way that they do it, it's like it's an accidental death, right? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like Peter Parker sits there and like strangles people, like that would yeah. never fly, but like. <laughs> You know, if, if in in the Batman films, like they make a very conscious effort as Batman the character does not want to kill people, like that is not his intent. Mm. Uh, whereas in these other films, they don't ever really make that clear, and then the villains all wind up dead anyway. You know, like yeah, yeah. So, but anyway, so Doctor Octopus and Green Goblin, I love both those villains. I honestly like, and I think you said it the other day that Green Goblin is a is a villain you quote still, like you yes. know. It um I, 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 formula uh, yes it. <laughs> I, I love it though when he gets really angry like the yeah. emotion in his face oh yeah <laughs> that's that's like willem defoe like yeah. he brought so much to that character and the scene where uh he's invited over to their house for dinner for thanksgiving dinner and he like tries to eat before aunt may like blesses the table and yeah. she slaps his hand and the look on his face when he looks at aunt may i'm just like Damn, if looks could kill, and then of course you know he 
kidnapped her later but still like yeah, 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 <laughs> it was yeah, definitely yeah. like i would never ever invite that guy over to thanksgiving dinner like he looks fucking creepy <laughs> do you know what you know so for thanksgiving dinner I, that's again you know how we like i said we kept dropping in and out their lives really mm-hmm. that was another moment i really loved was that like you see them you know meet up in harry and peter's apartment and you know mm-hmm. and i lo- i do love the fact that throughout the first two movies we get to jump in and out of their lives and it's not to me number one does feel like it's got to be set over say a two two year period like that's to me how it, it's always felt like that like it was well yeah because it goes from high school to like having a full-time job at the daily yeah. people and yeah and, and there's a lot of jumping around so anyway um, the one thing I did really think about when I was watching re-watching these films was other than the fact that the third one was really badly put together was actually Mary Jane Watson's story like one, I don't think they did enough for us there. Like, they didn't really explore much of her background. Mm-hmm. But I know she talks about her dad being a bit abusive. But I would like to have seen... I don't obviously want to see anyone be abused. I want to be clear about that. But I would like to have seen more um, explored and her opening up about what happened. I'd like to see more maybe from her point of view. Um, and I kind of felt like her role really was to be Peter Parker's girlfriend. Like yes. it was to be the 100%. love interest throughout, yeah. throughout these movies. And so I was really disappointed that in the third one, that where we spent two movies building up to her becoming an actress, that they take that away from her so easily mm-hmm. um, in this film. They really, they really tried to basically shit on her character mm-hmm. um, throughout the third movie. They re- really, they use her, essentially her character being destroyed you know one way or the other um as a way of kind of furthering peter parker rather than like to actually see how she deals with it ah yes that's what happens when you don't use women as actual characters they become set pieces and and therefore just objects objects to further the male lead story well i would like to assume by the end of the third one her kind of i know had a I don't know go for a, an audition or like whatever like I didn't like the fact that she just got dropped so easily like that was kind of to me I was like how on earth does she get as far as getting the lead role in a Broadway show and then just get dropped like overnight without some sort of testing and stuff like that I don't know it was just it was done purely just for the purposes of further and Peter Parker's journey throughout this movie. So I, yeah. I really didn't like what they did to her, especially towards the end. I liked seeing her growth as in wanting to become an actress. And when the film started, the third one started, and Peter Parker goes to the um, goes to the uh, the opening night, and you mm-hmm. see her, and I was like, great, this is like it's great to see the couple together. She's doing well, and I know I know in the comics that Peter Parker always has that Parker luck that he. Yeah, something always goes wrong um <laughs> but i just felt like too much went wrong for mary jane so um but anyway look, as a as a whole i love the three films uh, you know i don't think they particularly aged that badly so maybe some cgi problems and yeah and, but and mary jane's story i think could have been improved i love the character journey of harry though from posh kid you know kind of a little bit unmotivated and then his journey towards the dark side and his eventual redemption that probably that part of his redemption in the third film has got to be probably the best part about the third one is his redemption so and the yeah, fact but that why he does was there he get a redemption arc and mary jane doesn't get a no, complete no. arc at all no 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 i, no, I, I agree i don't think sh- sh- that should have not happened but 
I, I like the fact that he did. Like may, maybe, I mean, maybe the reason she didn't is because they were hoping to do a four, five, and six. So maybe that was what was planned. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. And maybe we maybe because we knew, maybe because Sam Raimi knew he was saying goodbye to Harry. He was like, okay, well, killing Harry off. So he'll get his redemption arc. And then in four, five, and six, we'll get to see Mary Jane become the actress that she's meant to be. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Sam Raimi had nothing decent planned. Who knows? (laughs) The world uh, will never know at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe we will find out soon. (laughs) So maybe we will find out in 12 days' time. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, is there anything about these movies that make you think that they're... Or why do you think they're so iconic? Uh, Why? I think spider-man i mean i i think it's it's just that character he's always been such a beloved character um and at the time like this was an it cast you know like kirsten dunce was in uh james franco was in toby mcguire was up and coming like it was it was golden and everybody meshed well together mm. um the suit is iconic like i just i don't know i, I clearly could Clearly, I I love this. This is probably still, other than Miles Morales' black suit, like this is still my favorite Spider-Man suit. Um, I think there's so many key moments in here, like the Mary Jane um, kiss of Spider-Man upside down. That upside down kiss was like... Yeah. I mean, People was, have I recreated mean, that like over and over and over and over again. Like that, that, that should win like best kiss awards or something. Oh, it if did. It, if it, if it, it, it did. It, I was about to say if it hasn't. Yeah, like, it did you know. at the MTV Movie Awards. Of course it did. Yeah. Best yeah. kiss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also think like it's at the time Toby Maguire was perfect. Mm. He was the epitome of everything that you think of when you think of Peter Parker. He was he was charming. He was nerdy. He was like an underdog, like everything about him, you know, he just fit the role so perfectly. And so I think because Toby embodied the character so well, that's probably what was able to carry, carry this trilogy the way that it has. Like, I want to say that this trilogy has legs. More people talk about this trilogy than anyone ever talks about the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man films you know, and Tom Holland has become popular because Tom Holland was the first time that we were able to get a Spider-Man in the MCU. Um, but Toby Spider-Man kind of supersedes that. And I think that you still see a lot of these kinds of sequences in films to this day. Like I said, because this film was the first one that was very different from the hero franchises that we've had before. Um, so it, it introduced an entirely new way to tell superhero stories to me. So I think if, if we hadn't had this film, would we have ever gotten Iron Man? This, this like, wasn't like a cheap film, like um, no. Catwoman or, no. I, I mean, God. like, you know, it wasn't, even the Batman films were fairly standalone, like Batman and Batman Returns and that. This, this was a, somebody who had a true creative vision behind this franchise and, you know, believed in the characters and, and, wanted to tell a whole story yeah. um i hate i hate picking up one and done especially in franchises you want to see characters return and things yeah. like that and see where the characters are going so yeah but there was really it was i don't know there was just so many 
I think some really good moments, especially in the first two. Yeah. I mean, even um, uh, you know, Jay, oh, I've gone blank here. Uh, J.K. Simmons, yeah. honestly, what? What? Oh I my mean, god, he no looked like they, he walked right off the pages of the comic. No wonder, no wonder they brought him back. He, yeah. he, he. There's no one else that can play J.J. So, yeah. Like, so. Yeah. Um, also, I anyway. think like the fact that Spider-Man is in New York City. Like, I, I don't think we can discount the setting either. Like, New York City in itself is iconic. <laughs> Um, so to be able to to show a hero in a real city versus like Gotham or Metropolis or anything like that, um, I think that that also kind of helped with with this film being as like or this series of films being as iconic as they are. Oh yeah, I definitely think New York is like so. We've got PlayStation Four. Um, about to say five. We've got PlayStation Four. Oh, uh, is that like, a Santa gift that your girls don't know about yet? No, we do not have a five. We do not have a five. I can assure you we don't have a five. And uh, I would love there to be a five in this house somewhere. You wake I, up I'm Christmas actually, morning and it's just there? I'm not actually that bothered about getting a five right now. I don't want to pay that money for a five. Like, <laughs> so, um, anyway, so last year when the world really shut down everything, um, my kids played Spider-Man, the Spider-Man game on the PlayStation 4. And my youngest one, especially, like, really loved the fact that it was in New York and kept going back going to New York. Like, she wanted to go to New York because of this. Like, yeah. And she's got this whole thing about wanting to go to New York. She's almost eight. And um, obviously, Jasmine, you know that our plan is to go to New York next year. So they, but that's mainly because of them. And it yeah. is because of the Sp- Spider-Man, because of Spider-Man, the game. See, like, look at that. Of, so, um, look at that. Spider-Man inspired kids to want to get on a plane and cross an ocean. Go to New York, yeah. So that's anyway, crazy. This movie got got rebooted twice, right? So it got rebooted. We so the, I mentioned earlier about four, five, and six. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll probably talk about that just now. Even though Spider-Man three wasn't particularly well received critically or by fans, financially it made a crap load of money. More and, money than the first two. And it would have got an automatic green light. Now, from what I read. There was a four, five, and six. They even into production. There was a plan to kind of film them all at the same time and to yep. tell one overall narrative. Um, and the, there was scripts written and scripts rewritten, and it was all sounding like it was going the right direction. But Sony was putting pressure under pressure on Sam Raimi to deliver a release date of 2011, I think it was. And um, in the end, I think they must have just all fallen out of each other, and Sam Raimi just put his hands up and set them off. And yep. Like, that was it. That was the end of the, the movie. So, yeah. the, some bit. of those talks are coming back, like you said. Oh, do you know what? I, I would have no problem if they did four, five, and six now. Like, I mean, I know they would have to modernize four, five, and six because it's been a long time and Kirsten Dunst and uh, Tony McGuire are a little bit older. But if they were to put them more in a modern setting, maybe like a bit like a, a Batman Beyond style, you know, a bit older. Um, maybe they could even do that with Miles. Like, so, yes. but, but that would be cool if they brought them back, maybe took the elements of four, five, and six that they were planning. So right. I wouldn't want them to bring Miles in straight away. I'd want them to have four just to have, see them get back together and, you know, I don't know, just to like see these characters. So anyway, um, so we know it got rebooted because of Sam Raimi. Now we're going to talk about next week about Andrew Garfield's movies. 
I think the reason why that got reviewed because they were just pure, pure terrible, <laughs> purely terrible. Like whatever the words are, the words are coming out of my mouth. But they were I can't awful. wait. I I have not seen the Andrew Garfield film, so this this next week will be my first time to see those films. I saw them both at the cinema, I believe. Anyway, we'll talk about them next week. But anyway, sounds like apparently Tom Holland's movies are not getting another reboot. For, there's a lot of rumors going around about him coming back for more. But let's be honest, we all knew they would. So of course. Maybe- Maybe silly to get rid of that, but yeah. I mean, what are your thoughts on sort of the two two reboots that we've seen so far? I thought it was weird. I thought it was so weird because these first films were so good, minus three. Um, like I just, to me, the only time that you reboot something is if if you think you could have done it better, and I. Even though I haven't seen the films, I don't feel like that was the case with the Andrew Garfield ones. And it's just like, why? Like we had the third film come out in 2007. Um, why, why, why did we need another Spider-Man? And then to just kind of reset everything um, because this time we're starting with the story with uh, Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. And, you know, it's just like, I don't, I don't know what the aim was and I don't know why we went there i mean with marvel marvel had been trying to get spider-man for a while i can understand where their films came from um but i don't understand why sony rebooted its own franchise i really i really don't i assume it's just money really so that amazing spider-man came out in 2012 which is a year after they wanted sam Raimi's movie to come out so after he walked away they must have gone right let's just start again so small-minded small-minded they should have just said (laughs) sam Raimi, look if they if they got one out in 2012, they should have said, "Okay, look, can you do 2012?" Like, yeah. you know, let's be honest, we haven't. They should had... have been flexible. Yeah. Was it? Is that one of those movies? Is it Pandora? What are they called? Those um with Avatar? the blue aliens? Avatar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that, that first one came out in 2009. We haven't seen a sequel yet. Like, I don't think we ever will. But 2025. Like, but they but they've been talking There's about five sequels, sequels planned. The fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's way too many. But like the fact that. Apparently that is going to happen, and the fact that the studio have just worked to get that on the timescales they want. Okay, to but you think so. about something. This is a tangent, but think about it this way: Avatar is the highest-grossing film like ever, right? Nobody quotes Avatar. Nobody sits around and it's like, "Hey, it's Saturday afternoon. We don't have anything else to do. Let's watch Avatar." Like, how is it that this film made so much money and it is so forgettable? I know, I know, I know, I know. I've heard that before. I've heard that whole thing. It's weird to me. Like, like I said, I still quote the first Spider-Man. Like, the, whenever it comes time to, like, get ready. Like, if I'm ready to go and I'm waiting on one of my friends, she's like, are you ready? And I'm like, Bonesaw is ready. And that's like, Bonesaw is the guy that Peter Parker fights in that cage oh, yeah, fight, yeah, yeah. like, at the very beginning of the film. Like, 2002, and I'm still quoting this movie versus Avatar, where it's like, all I remember about Avatar is unobtainium. Avatar, like they obviously brought in all the 3D cinemas. They spent a lot of money upgrading cinemas. You had to wear the glasses, the special effects. I think it was a lot to do with that rather than anything else. So, but anyway. I'd rather have a fun movie that I quote for a long time versus this beautiful, gorgeous thing that I forget as soon as I leave the theater. Anyway, (sighs) we'll talk about Avatar another time. So the trilogy (laughs) of this trilogy, of these three movies... What's your favorite? Two. It's number three, isn't it? Three. Two. Your no, no, 
no. No. In fact, I think Spider-Man 3 could be the only film that could ever possibly be worse than Thor The Dark World. It's, Sorry. It's getting late here. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, like I say, I think if you would seriously edit out chunks of 3, it might be redeemable. It'd be um, redeemable if there was no Venom. I think I yeah, can I get think... by with Sandman. I can, I can, I, I would have been fine with Sandman. Mm. But Venom, like, Topher Grace was miscast as as that character in the first place. But also, like, when it came to them using the practical effects for when he was, like, half in Venom form and half not in Venom form, those fake teeth that they made him wear, it was just, like, even back then, like, that was bad. Like, I, I will never forget that scene where he's, like, half transformed and he's having a conversation with Peter. And I'm like, why did we do this? Like, why does he have those freaking teeth in his mouth? This is this is so bad. This is bad. Uh, okay, so with the, the films, I I think I'm gonna. It's got. I think I'm probably gonna go with number two as well. Even though I love number one, they're very close to each other. Yeah. But I think I like number two because I think it did really well to build on the world building established yes. in number one, and that we got straight into it. And yep. I. I I loved all of it. I, like I say, even the elements, I, I, although I miss William Defoe, I love the fact that he had the cameo, like, yeah. you know, like with Harry. So I, I, I think number two probably is my favorite of them all that you get back into this world. And it's almost a little bit like, oh, I miss his characters. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, like, And uh, I want to get back into this world. And I think Dr. Octopus is a great villain. And I love his motivations are poor, I'll be honest. Like his villain modifications are almost on par with Electro's, but <laughs> but he does do a good job of being a villain. But so, he sold me on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He sold me on his poor Sold me on it exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, actually, so I think that's a, a nice little header into. <laughs> actually, let's do this the other way around. What okay. was your favorite villain? What was your oh favorite man, villain? Oh, it was Venom, wasn't it? I gotta go. I gotta go, like, I loved Willem Dafoe. I really, really, really did, but I gotta give it to Doc Ock. I thought Alfred Molina was so, just the way that he, like, talked. It, mm. it, was, the, it was the way that he, he was, like, the kind of villain that monologues, and, but, like, in a good way. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So I really just enjoyed uh, his demeanor. Um, and I, honestly, like, when this film first came out, like I thought that his extra arms were so freaking cool. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I thought they were so cool, way cooler than Green Goblin's hoverboard. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna go, I'm, I'm giving it to Doc Ock. Um, for me, in terms of so for the villains, we've got five villains we've got Sandman, we've got Venom, we've got Harry Osborn, Green Goblin. Uh, we've got Norman Osborn, Green Goblin, and we've got Dr. Octopus. Uh, I mean, if you want to count. The lizard is on his way, but he's not really there yet. So mm-hmm. we see him in two or three. So can't really count him, but he's like a, a mini villain, like a little one. Um, so to talk about my favorite, <laughs> when I, before I talk about my favorite, honestly, Venom, like, so when we have Venom and Sandman in number three, I always hate it when they push too many in. Now, because well, what you've got to do is you've got to suddenly now world build again. Mm-hmm. but you've got a world build again with two characters right and you know that inevitably they will 
team up like because that's what they do they have to right? Uh, yeah yeah and i think you know just be patient like if there's a fan base you could make more movies right so anyway um so that's why i'm not too worried about no way home bringing back all these characters like these villains because we've met them already we don't need to do the world building yeah so hopefully people will go back and watch these movies before no way home don't think everybody will <laughs> so anyway venom when i watched Topher grace's venom not only did I think about how terrible he was as Eddie Brock, how terrible he, he was as Venom, it made me think that the two Venom movies we've had recently were good. Are, are actually good. Yes, like, exactly. When you exactly. watch how bad Toby Grace is, like, right. and how like you're like, do you know what? These are good Venom movies. He he that- was so miscast, and like honestly, I don't even know who could have played Venom back then, but like. Topher Grace was not the guy. Like he was no. not your guy. No, he's a, he's he was probably not much bigger than Peter Parker. Like you know, you needed a big guy to play Eddie Brock. Like it was, yeah, it was bad, bad. So yes. with the Sandman, I think I don't. Would he have been strong enough to carry number three on his own? Probably not. So maybe they could have reduced that arc, and they could. And now I've seen this before in movies where they kind of have a villain for like the first sort of quarter and mm-hmm. then that hands over. So maybe we could have had Sandman told in one quarter, like, you know, and then moved on to maybe actually the Harry Osborn Green Goblin element. Like, yeah. I think if have... we had had Sandman and Harry versus yeah. Sandman, Harry and Eddie. I think that would have worked better, but anyway, whatever. It's too late. So my, my I, I think William Defoe is my favorite villain. I thought he was good. brilliant. So There's good. so many good lines. Do yes. what you need to and brim her fast. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't do that. I can't do that impression. But yeah, he he was so good. There's honestly so many good lines that he has. He delivers them so well. Yes. Um, and I think he's I think an excellent he's, bad guy. He's probably Always. the most anticipated to come back. And that's why I think they've yeah. hardly shown anything of him in those No Way Home trailers. So. Yeah. Anyway, move on from villains. Do you have a favorite character within these movies that isn't a villain? Ooh, favorite character. Hmm. Honestly, I feel like <laughs> this is gonna be really stupid. <laughs> the guy who was like the owner of the pizza place where Peter Parker worked. <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna go with that. Like, because he's just my favorite, like cameo. Uh, well, it's like a yeah. favorite cameo character, then not favorite, like. Main. I mean, like main. It would just be Spider-Man, like yeah, Toby yeah. for sure. All the um, I know it's difficult to. I think with a movie like this, it's difficult to pick a favorite when the fa- when the movie's called Spider-Man. <laughs> so maybe you should say like, who's your favorite, but not Spider-Man. I, anyway, I think. It's difficult for me to pick a favorite. Like I probably would say Kirsten Dunst. Okay. And I I was actually thinking about this. I love her in these films. Um, I don't love her journey in the third film. Mm-hmm. I love seeing her journey through one and two though. Um, and I think we could have done a lot more to dove into her character and found out more about her background. And it seems like she didn't have the happy upbringing that actually Peter Parker had. It seems like Peter Parker probably, other than his parents dying, like clearly, 
Um, and I Uncle think Ben. I think, oh yeah, no, Uncle Ben happened when he was older. older I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I meant, I meant sort of before the first film started. I think that Uncle Ben and Aunt May brought him up nicely and he seemed to have a nice life. Or I think actually the girl next door, although she was the pretty popular girl at school, actually had quite a tough life at home. So we didn't really get into that, which I think I would like to see more of. Other than that, I think she did a really good job of going from the sort of pretty popular girl to kind of almost dumping those popular friends that she had, like Flash mm-hmm. Thompson, and falling in love with Peter over those two movies. I love that journey. And I love seeing her move to becoming an actress but I didn't like how they took that away from her so quickly. Yeah. That was a bad move, I think. I um, don't get me wrong. I'm sure the acting world is pretty cutthroat, <laughs> but I would like to have seen her not just instantly go straight to waitress mode. Yeah. I'd like to see her try to go for more auditions and things like that. So, gotta pay um, those New York bills, man. So I was thinking after I saw this, oh, these films, I was like, have I seen Kirsten Dunst in anything else? I was like, of course I have. What? Bring it on. Bring it on. Bring it on. Like the whole. No, no. I was thinking like, what else have I seen? Her in? Interview like, with the vampire? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Into the vampire. No, I was like racking my brain straight away. I was like, okay. So Into the vampire I loved. Bring it on. I've seen like a thousand. My God, times. I still quote bring it on. Um, Fargo season two. And she was really good in that. Um, but I can't think I've seen many other things that she's in. I, I know I've not seen Wimbledon. Um, you probably have. Have not. Really? You love tennis. I am not a Kirsten Dunst fan. Like, oh, no, no, no. I'm not a fanboy like as in I need to see everything she's in. So that's probably why. But she's been in things that I like. So I like the first two seasons of Fargo. Um, I loved Vampire Diary. That's Vampire Diaries. Uh, Interview with the Vampire uh, is a fantastic Vampire. film. Yeah. Interview with the Vampire. Um, and Bring It On is just so Bring good. It. It's so funny. <laughs> And I, so I, I, I'll be honest with you, after I finished the third one, I put Bring It On. on. <laughs> I didn't watch it all. I watched like the first half an hour or something. And I was like, oh, she's actually like, it's like, a, she's a great actress. Like the difference in character um, and how she handles humor and Bring It On is great. So, um, and even in Fargo, how she handles essentially being a murderer, like in number three, is quite. And I remember her accent in the second season was just, very different from what I've normally heard her speak like. So mm-hmm. I think Kirsten Dunst actually should get a lot more work, if I'm honest. So that's me. Right. So we're getting some villains back. Now we're gonna we know we're getting Sandman back. We know we're getting um Green Goblin back. We know we're getting uh Dark Ark and back. Electro. Um no no but Electro's from amazing. So I'm oh, right. these films, yeah. Would you be happy to see Topher Grace come back? Not a chance. Even if and they kill him off again. I really <laughs> hope that they don't bring him in as Venom. I really yeah. don't. But if they did bring him back, Please would don't. you want to see would no. you want to see the no. other Venom that we've got? Up oh, a Venom the... versus Venom? I mean that that's probably yes. not gonna happen. I would yeah. like to see Tom Hardy Venom eat Topher Grace's Venom's head. I would like to see that. Yes. So like a five second cameo, like to- Topher Grace yes. rocks up. He's Only if he gets eaten. <laughs> And then suddenly you see like Eddie, um, uh, Tom Hardy go, oh, I love brains, and then just yeah. bites his head off. Yes. I, oh, now that I would love. Anything less than that? No, thank you. What was it? F this guy or whatever. Yeah. Like, Fuck this know, guy. A, yeah. <laughs> it was such a good line. I love that. That was like one of the only good lines in that film. I honestly, I'm so excited to see William Defoe, um, yeah, Screen Goblin come back. He's the one I'm most looking forward to. 
I think I think we've seen quite a bit of Doctor Octopus in the adverts. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that clearly we're gonna have more, yep. but we've seen a little bit to see that it, he could potentially not be full villain. So dun, dun, dun. I don't know. Um, I think William Defoe though is the character I want to see the most. Me too. But I am really hoping that they bring James Franco back. I I know people don't like James Franco as much as they did back then, but I would like still to him to come back. <laughs> I think everyone is going to be in this film. Regardless of what people have said, I think everyone is going to be in this film. I wouldn't even be surprised if Paul Giamatti shows up, which that's next week, but still. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 12 days, man. I spent 12 days. So, <sighs> And just to rub it in a little bit, I haven't seen it the day before you on the 15th. Whatever. So Whatever. I I, I um, just, I, I'm going to have to be off social like because I don't want this spoiled. So... <laughs> I'm going to be like MIA for days before I see it. Anyway, um, you want to talk about the music. Well, like, okay. So maybe it's just like me being biased because the nineties and the two thousands is some of my favorite like era of music. Uh, but like, <laughs> I just love the soundtracks. Like I know people shit on Nickelback all the time, uh, do, but yeah. the, that song hero from the first Spider-Man film, like love that song love that song i love hero as well i've got to be honest i, I mean nickelback are, i think what it is is i think nickelback are like a cheesy like rock band um <laughs> but people love cheesy rock bands uh, like, yeah i mean people love bon jovi they're cheesy like, the entire 80s like brian, any brian kind adams, of hair band from the 80s come brian on Adam, brian adams is cheesy like people love all that as well nickelback is cheesy but Listen, you know. i love that song hero i do oh. i i make no apologies for it um so for soundtrack of the first film love it i just it takes me back no, I, I love it too. I rewatched the video before we started, and I was like, "Yeah, actually, singing along." Um, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. You're welcome. I like that, I like that other song. Um, I know they got many songs, but I like the other song, "Photograph." Like, oh. I quite like that. So, anyway, three movies. How would you rate each one? Back then, or now? Well, would it be different? Yes, very. Okay, go on then. What okay, so back see? then. Back then, the first film probably would have gotten a nine. Second film gets a 10. Oh, you did out of 10. Oh, back then. Okay, so first film would have gotten a four and a half. Second a film five. would have gotten a five. Oh, okay. And the third film would have gotten a zero. Right, okay. And then <laughs> now, 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 would you rate them? Now, I would say the first film gets uh, probably a four. The second film gets a four and a half. And the third film still gets a zero. Uh, right, okay. The first one, um, I think back then, I loved the first two. So I probably would have just given them both fives for both films, for both one and two. Uh, like I said, when I walked out of the cinema, I thought it was good, the third one, because I think I was just so disappointed. Shocked. I, was to, I was trying to hide my feelings. Yes. Like, uh, I, I think like, you were yeah. delusional. I walked out of there like really like hoping I'd seen a good film. And uh you just probably, you couldn't process your feelings of being so uh, disappointed. So I think the moment literally the moment I got out of my seat and pushed the door, I probably was like, Yeah, yeah, that was a three or a four. But probably within about an hour or two, <laughs> it probably settled in that actually that was like a one. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, like 
So it went yeah. very down, down very quickly. And uh, anyway, so now I would probably give both one and two a four. Yeah. Um, I I would say that like number three, I would give a you know a zero or one or whatever for many reasons. Um, Toe for Grace. Uh, I think Kirsten Dunst's story is a mess. I think Peter Parker's story is a mess. Yes. Uh, like I just think yes. actually just all of it. I think Imagine. they should they should probably try and see if they can make a director's edit and get some CGI and maybe refilm some bits and let's just cut Venom out. Yeah. Like let's just do yeah, something. we could do it. We could do without Venom. You know, I think that this the third film here, along with the third X Men film, has has made me so scared of the third film in a series because both of those films were so bad that I pretended they never happened. I know Iron Man 3 was terrible. Um, aye, four, aye, aye. 4, 3 was good though. Um, Finally. Yeah, that's the only one that flipped it because 4, America, 1, and 2, good God. Captain America 3 was good. Um, in fact, Captain America 2 and 3 were really good. They were, they were, Winter I didn't Soldiers. Really one. Winter Soldier is still up there in my top five. Have uh, we got any other trivia? Uh, Oh, well, I mean, Avengers, the third Avengers was amazing. Well, yeah, um, the second one was shit, though. Oh, no, no, Age Ultra was terrible. Um, but anyway, we digress. So <laughs> I would give the first two currently from the rewatch four out of five, both, and yeah, just I would stick to my one for number three. So yeah. That is it. There you that have it. it. I'm glad to have rewatched these films, though, this week. Like, yeah. especially, do you know what? I know it's weird to say. Back memories. I'm, I'm glad that I rewatched number three because. I haven't seen it in so long. And like I said, there was a good couple of scenes in there. So um not enough to sit through a whole movie though. I know. I'm just really hoping though that like we see Kirsten Dunst come back and Peter Parker. I just want to see like Peter her Peter Parker and that on screen and like see that they see that they did get married or that it got reconciled. I'm keeping an open mind that I'm gonna see everybody. That's that is how I am going into No Way Home. That I am going to see everybody, including Miles, Miles Morales. Morales. So for a while, I didn't think that was going to happen, but I am. My mindset is moving that even. I just think. I think it's going to be a post credit. I really do. I think uh, that they, I really think that we are going to see an interaction between Tom Holland and someone who is Miles Morales. I think it's going to happen. I think that, that I think the post credits are probably the best place for Miles. Like yeah. I think rather than him showing up in a battle and we don't get a chance to see him, yes. I think a post credits would be because would it would probably be perfect. Be the it would be a way to usher in a totally new Spider-Man era. So anyway, next episode we will be reviewing the two Andrew Garfield movies. Oh joy. So, <laughs> There's some joy in there. Yeah. So again, like I said, I'm looking forward to it because I've never seen them. So this will be my first time watching those films. Uh, I, I refuse to watch them on purpose because uh, I could not let go of my love of Tobey Maguire. Um, so that's why I've not watched. That's why I've not watched the third Hellboy film. Like, I just. Oh yeah. We all I have our the, reasons, right? We they should. They should have. They should have brought Ron Perlman back. I don't care. Like, yeah. I just. I did, I just wasn't interested. I was. Like, I'm not going to see it. I'm not going to pay money. I don't care. Like they should have made a third one. Like, yeah. the only way I'll probably watch that new movie is if you make me. So, well, or, or if I well, make myself. Well, <laughs> well, when you put it that way, all the crap that you've made uh, me watch. <laughs> I might, do you know, it'd be annoying if I liked it, but um, <laughs> it's not bad. It's, it's, it's not bad. 
Um, and don't forget, we did start a second podcast series where we tackle some of the most essential graphic novels of all time. Our 12th Late to the Party book club was Fables, Volumes 1 and 2, uh, that came out earlier oh, in, in November. Yeah, um, November yeah. uh, and we were joined by Jennifer from Comics Will Break Your Heart. Our next book club episode, rounding out the year, closing out the year, we are revisiting a series we have already talked about once before. We are taking another look at Scott Pilgrim, this time volumes two and three, and we will be joined by oh, Rock and Robbie. Oh, just volume just two? two. Yeah, yeah, just, just volume two. two. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> no, 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 no worries. We discussed whether to do two and three. Sorry. So you, everyone listening knows we discussed whether to do two and three. We're just going to do two. I was like, it's Christmas. Oh, that's great. That's less homework for me. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. just two, just two. So you can read three if you want. Anyway, you can follow us on social media. We're Geeks and Nation everywhere. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Say hi. Yeah. Come chat. Tweet, tweet, message, comment. Anything. We're, Mark is um, very sociable. I, I pop in sometimes. occasionally, but Mark, Mark is the guy. <laughs> when I'm not tired. Anyway, yeah. so <laughs> and you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast: Google, Podbean, Apple, Spotify. We are everywhere. So please give us a five star review and tell your geeky friends. Merry Christmas. Good journey. Mm-hmm.